Hello and welcome to the Pink Bike Podcast. It's me, old mate Henry Quinney, and we are joined up in Squamish by Dario and Kaz, our Bellingham contingent. Hello. Yeah, welcome to Squamish, guys. Yeah, thanks. It's really nice here. It is really nice here. I was just saying that over pizza. I was saying it's just so nice here. Henry finally realized that he lives in a nice place. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm really map. happy to hear it. Yeah, the mountain views and waterfalls and things. It just kind of clicked from today. <laughs> Eating a slice of pizza, looking at snow-capped peaks, <laughs> glistening in the it. sun. Yeah. I'm no, just this place, all right. Dour, realized that it might be nice. Person. I can't help it. I can't. It's, it's just, yeah, it's just, just an English thing. Yeah. Just an, yeah. But it's, also, it's a person. I mean, I don't. Sorry, we're going way off tangent. We're going in quickly. I am. Um, I'm just really good at being miserable. I operate best and I'm just a bit unhappy. You it's know good to mean? know your strengths. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Because the topic today, and we, what we want to find out is why we suck. We're going to have a good, mm-hmm. open, frank conversation about why we're shit at riding bikes, as well as maybe even one or two reasons. Maybe, maybe we're not bad at everything. It's a pros and cons list. I mean, you two, I'd like, you know, cards on the table. You two definitely have got the edge on me as riders. Who do you think is the better out of you two? Honestly. Kaz is a better free rider than me, but it's I think I might close. be faster than you. I what, did beat you at the EWS last year. I also crashed three times. I mean, I still beat you. It's true. You did beat me. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be close. Dario and I, on an enduro race, it's like pretty yeah, pretty close. I but, think he's faster in like a straight line. Dario's yes. faster. Because here we are just picking up the scraps because we all do know that Matt Beer would destroy all of us. Oh, easily. So he's the great leveler. Yes, he is, he is the best Under rider. Under his rotor bolts and then I'd beat him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would never do that to you, Matt. Um, <laughs> if you were going to do that, that's exactly what you'd say. Um, <laughs> we were thinking about it. And you know how they have the flash at um, like halftime shows and you beat, you try and race like an ex-college sprinter. Oh, that, sure. We were about to think about having, we're trying to think of a name. We think we call him oh, the Dash. Wow. And then we call it, have an event called the Beer Rash. Like last minute, <laughs> invite 20 people up to like say angry or something and they have to guess what time they can do and how much slower they're going to be than matt and the person closest not no one's going to people might beat him but most people would probably struggle to beat him and they would be like i said i was gonna be seven seconds and you know what i was on the money so then they you know went a high five whatever but the map the the beer beer rash i think that's pretty for good fun it could be a thing yeah so kaz you've been riding bikes for a long time how's your progression your journey progression is it kind of plateaued out or do you still get little kicks and steps i think like no i think it's still getting better at certain aspects i think some parts have plateaued and i think i know my limits more than i would have 10 years ago you know like Mm. every i don't know maybe every decade my limits get like reassessed but i think i'm super happy with where i've been able to progress over the last i mean i'm probably nearing 30 years of riding now yeah almost 30 years of like really dedicated mountain biking so it's cool to be able to see progression still happens I'd say certain areas I'm not pushing myself as much. Like I'm not trying to find the biggest jump out there, the biggest huck, but there still are different objectives that I like to tick off every year. So yeah, like overall still there's plenty of room to progress, which is cool. Like it doesn't, it'll plateau, but then sometimes it'll like have a little breakthrough. So I like that. And and Dario, how's, you're obviously very adept rider. You're pretty decent. You do some bike pack and stuff, which I don't really understand or I care for. <laughs> um, but how's your relationship with mountain biking? And are you still someone that's progressing regularly? I think so. I'm like, I've been like, whatever, air quotes, mountain biking for like a long time. But I think I've been like seriously mountain biking for only like 10 years. So mm. much less than you guys. Oh, no, that's, um, that's a not similar sort of. Okay. Much less than Kaz. Yeah. Um, and like have only had access to like really nice bikes in the past few. And so I think like with that and then with moving to a place like Bellingham that actually has like features and like varied terrain, like progression has been like 
massive, which is really satisfying. Like I didn't know how to jump that well when I moved to Bellingham. Now I'm like fairly comfortable. Yeah, I think the year-round riding helps too. Like when I first moved to Bellingham, uh, like 15 years ago or so, I previously lived in a town that only had riding in the summertime, and then it was skiing in the winter. Yeah. So having the two distinct seasons was fun. But then going to Bellingham and realizing, like, oh, you could ride year-round pretty much. Yeah. But even what that means, I mean, is so. I mean, we've got a colleague of ours works up in Calgary, works remote, and he's saying that the trails are just if they face the sun, they're good, but largely they're still pretty much under. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be long winters. So I think, you know, I mean, in Europe, you might think, sorry, I mean, I shouldn't say too much, but at least in the UK, you know, we think we've got all, all year round riding. And then coming here, it was real shocking for me because they could be, the trails could be out for six weeks. And everyone told me Squamish is all year round, so I didn't really understand. But obviously it's because compared to places that are really, really cold in Canada, this is oh, all year round sure. riding, mm-hmm. you know. Even no, if they we truly have weeks. like, you can ride every day of the year. And yeah. I do ride like pretty much every day of the year. Yeah, I'd say in general, like the most you'll get is a total of four weeks over the whole winter that you can't ride. And that's all spread apart. It's not like one month where you have but to But I, I don't, even then, like, yeah, you can like this winter we had like a bunch of snow, but I would just go ride Chuck and not. Yeah, like, exactly. But pleasant. like, yeah, so it is nice change. So I think that helped my yeah. progression too, originally moving to Bellingham. Yeah. Just a place where I could just be like, I'm a mountain yeah. biker now and I still ski, but like definitely. I think a, a big part a of the progression biker. in Bellingham too is like the ceiling of skill level is super duper high. And so like you ride with people who are really talented, know the lines, like can tow you into stuff. And like riding with Kaz has been huge that way for me because like you're a very like methodical and like safe rider, I would say. And so like I feel safe following you into stuff if I haven't ridden it before, but you've ridden it for like the past 15 years. And that's like a great entry to stuff. Maybe this is why where I'm going wrong because I don't like riding with other people. Yeah, which yeah. is actually true though. But it's it's. I mean, joking aside, I have noticed. You know, when I do ride with better, you know, friends who are yeah. better than me, yada yada yada. Like, I do notice that the, the progression is definitely there. Um, what would you say, casual kind of kind of hopping back between you? And I mean, I think that my the list of my inadequacies is so broad that they, we could pepper them into any area of cycling. But um, Kaz, why do you suck? And what are you trying to work on? Uh, I suck at like outright speed, I would say. Like I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a slow rider, but I think downhill, like absolute, like sprinting power, like power is my weakness, I guess. So like if you had a gate start, like if I was going to do a BMX race or something, gate start, I would not do well there. Like that initial just like burst. I think it's because I ride a lot and tend to have like the endurance, like I have a good engine for just going out and riding all day long. But when it comes to sprinting, like I can get out sprinted pretty easily. Because Darry, you, you like a big ride. You were saying you did 1500 feet in one ride the other day. I did 13,000 feet. Oh, that was it. Same on difference. Sunday. I, I, don't, I don't understand the feet to, thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like many meters. Many meters. Uh, some six, some seven, large number of meters. meters. I really, I mean, cows too. Like, I really like to go for like gigantic days on occasion. It's fun. You just kind of like dig into your brain a bit. I do think that's like probably detrimental in some ways to like actual bike skill. I'm like but it's, tired and sore. And it's interesting that you talk about power because for me, like that's not how power I think of progression. Power is everything. Power is everything. Rides e-bike once. Power. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in terms of technical proficiency, it, let's talk about that. What's your greatest, greatest weakness as a technical rider? I mean, 
like I don't want to sound cocky because there's lots of places I can become better at technical riding. But yeah. I think over the years and living in this place where you can really kind of like test yourself, I'm pretty comfortable on technical trails. No, no, I'm not saying like what, I'm not saying techie trails. I'm saying technically approaching any element on a trail, oh, which could oh, be like a jump, it could be oh, a burn, oh, yeah. it could be something like, yeah. Like where, do you, where, where are you losing time? Where are you losing time? Where are you losing if this proficiency is like a or competency? Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it comes down to like probably just staying off the brakes. Like I definitely ride the brakes. Mm. Like I, and it's not something that I consciously work on too often, but I do notice, you know, like I know to be faster, you're off your brakes, hard on them, off again. That is how the fastest riders do it. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely more of a brake dragger. So that's something that I think like going to the bike park helps with that. You can have yeah. high speed trails where you're just off your brakes and you kind of get used to that average high speed. But uh, a lot of the trails that I tend to ride and tend to like are ones that you need to be on your brakes or you'll crash. Right. So it's like kind of figuring out going fast basically and is that in terms of just just because i think it's interesting because because braking is something that we know does so much to how a bike works dynamically both in terms of the way that we lean it as well as how it loads up the suspension for you is it just in terms of duration or is there sometimes you find yourself like why am i braking here because it's really affecting how the bike wants to settle or it's really affecting my maybe entry braking in this certain way or, or yeah, is it literally just timing i think it's more just timing more yeah just timing. you know like it's yeah. just kind of like i just know i could be off them like just trust the bike a little bit more yeah but like dario is calling me a safe rider which i think is fine like i don't well, i don't mean that i mean no, that no, in like it, the yeah. nicest way yeah. yeah yeah i think it's accurate like i he's like just to insecure be, he's taking it he's taking all the bad points <laughs> so offended no but i think i think it's accurate like i don't crash a lot like i have had some big crashes but i try to like I'm not the guy that's always wadded up in the bushes because he went wild. Like I try to, you know, picture it, have it happen and then like execute it correctly. But I think that some of that comes with a little bit of like, I don't even want to say it's a cautious riding style, but it does mean that I'm not as like, I don't have that like raw speed that some riders have that I envy. I don't even know if it's a speed thing either. It's like, you're just not like loose. Like you're not like letting the bike run wild, which is like, a better way to ride every day for the most part, I think. Yeah, it's sustainable for sure. I've, I've found, a, yeah. I've settled on a sustainable riding style, which I think is good, but I, it would be cool to be like faster just because, I don't know, going fast is the best thing ever. So Right. But I know what you mean because I think that it's not necessarily about being slow or, or safe, but I think it's about being like a safe pair of hands. Like that's how I consider my riding. I'm just like, oh, I'll just be all right. Don't mm-hmm. worry about me. Like, yeah. I'll get down, whatever, and, and have a good time. And I think that comes with riding solo a lot, too. Like, yes. I don't know, yeah. 85% I of my rides, do. all of us, yeah. yeah. We do big rides solo, probably on some pretty gnarly terrain. And, like, yeah. you can't be a loose rider and sustain that style. Like, it is one of those right. weird things you try not to think about too much. But, like, you need to be able to, like, get yourself out of the woods. And if you just go, like, hucking blindly and hoping it works. So I think that that is kind of, like, pros and cons of that style. And that's why you're saying, like, riding with people makes you – a better rider and i think it does because you can be like you know if you crash someone will be there to like scrape you off the ground where yeah. you're riding solo you have to be like the crash here you just like weighing your risks in a different way yeah. no absolutely um how, how about you Darry? why do you suck at mountain biking Oof, there's so many reasons there's um so many reasons color of stem color of stem <laughs> this will make sense to people at some point it's not so much color as texture, I think. <laughs> but you no, said that before. I, I, <laughs> um, I am, uh, I think, someone who rode alone too much for a long time, and then developed weird habits that I'm trying to break, just like bike handling things, like tendencies when it comes to like how I read trail, and I've like figured a lot of that out. But I get stood up in turns a lot. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I think it's purely just like processing speed. Like, I mean, <laughs> like I'm running out of RAM well, or de- something. Define, define stood up because to me, I just like that is the, that is a 
being stood up happens when something else happens. Sure. I think like, I don't mean this in like every corner. I just mean like, like, it's an aspect of my riding that frustrates me the most. But I'll be like flowing, feeling great, moving quickly. And like, say someone's behind me, I can like pull away and then we'll hit like a really tight corner and I just like botch it. And I don't know what that is necessarily, except just like carrying speed through turns. Well, that's it. I mean, that's why I don't want to be too incredulous, but when you said stop, I thought it was really interesting because watching you ride, I think you're a very dynamic rider. And dynamic riding isn't something you normally, at least in my mind, consider with the the terminology of like getting stood up in turns. Sure. When I think about getting stood up in turns, you're just like locked up. It's or yeah, or it's just just gently like maybe it could be something to do with braking, like extending the braking point a bit too much into the turn, and it's always wanted to the momentum of the the gyroscopics mm-hmm. always wanted to just 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 keep keep yeah. up, up. I did like I lived for a long time in a place where there's like pretty awful dirt and traction. And so as a result, like you don't trust corners and I'm now like living in a place where that's the opposite. And so like learning to trust, I'm just learning how to trust again. It's like a whole emotional <laughs> opening. Yeah. 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 I have trust issues with well, corners. Before we go into these trust issues and what's going to be another, another just love song about Bellingham, let's give it two seconds to go to an ad break. So we're not, we aren't, we there are other really. things that suck here as well. I'm not done. <laughs> um, so, getting stood up sometimes in the corners. Yeah, but that's just like a minor frustration. It's oh, not but it's, like, dude, it's all of, it's all just it's nothing major. I mean, I mean that's the beauty of what we're doing as like a pursuit and also work in this circumstance. But like, like the beauty of mountain biking is like there's always something to improve. Yes, like your like progression, whether it's coming or not, is like always attainable, and you can always like get a bit better, like fine tune your setup, fine tune yourself, get a bit more fit like get a bit stronger like all of those things can keep coming which is i think like what keeps it engaging yeah and i think the cool thing about mountain biking is to get better you can just do it more like obviously coaching and there's all kinds of other things that can help you get better in a more structured way but if you just ride a bunch you will progress to a certain level you know like so when you're first starting out you know it's good to do everything you can to kind of take some shortcuts and learn proper technique but if you ride a ton it's a good way to get your base miles and like figure it out which is kind of cool it's like to do the sport that's awesome and to get better at it, you just do it more. Yeah. Which I've always liked. And have either of you ever had any coaching? No. 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 Why Why don't we as mountain bikers get coaching? My partner's a professional coach and runs her own coaching business. So I feel like I maybe I get but some second hand coaching. You just don't you, yeah, you probably hey, get Kaz. something. Yeah, just you absorb just it. It's subliminal like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's not the same. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I think But we that, don't. Like in skiing, you get coaching. People, well, I think, I think there's, there's a, a large number of personal. mountain bikers that do get yeah. coaching. It didn't I think exist for a while, though. Like I think coaching's rel- and coaching and mountain biking, as far as like being widespread and available, is more of a recent, like in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years probably. Yeah, but, yeah. but what I mean is that, I mean, I know, but I'm just saying, why Why is there, I don't, I don't think there's resistance to it. I don't think there's a lack of interest sometimes for mountain bikers. We think we've been there, done it, but actually most people, from my personal experience, I would say that, I'd definitely benefit from coaching, but I yeah. never got around to it. I think I'm in the same boat. Like it would benefit me hugely to should do like get skills coaching? training. <laughs> should, should we pink bike gets coached? <laughs> it could. I mean, it actually could be interesting to like see. I don't know how we would. But World Cup races get coached. There's a for sure. Well, and, and like today when we were where we were testing, there were like 60 kids doing cone drills, like 60 little Canadian children riding in the rain down a fire road going through cones, and like that will make them better bike riders, but it isn't necessarily fun in the same way that like ripping down a trail is fun. Yeah. I think that's some of it is like the hesitation is like, you don't want to like your waste your ride learning how to, you know, 
getting some lessons basically yeah. but obviously it's going to pay it's, off in the long run yeah and it's mad because we can ride every day yeah exactly True. and how many times you ride a shit trail and i'm, I'm a pure hedonist though like yeah. i want i want fun every day yeah yeah but it, yeah i think i mean that's you know we talked about like riding more but then if you do want to progress even like going to the pump track or something oh, the pump track's so tedious no, but I like the pump track. I like the pump track. Oh. Yeah. Do you have a pump I live track next bike? to one. No, you need a pump track. Bike. Oh no, I mean I've, I've ridden. I just ugh. yeah, but it's not like all the time and every day. But even like I find I go more in the summer, obviously because it dries out. You can't mm. really ride it in the winter time. But like even just a day or two once in a while, it makes my cornering so much better because mm. you learn how to like pump, which is obviously the point of a pump At track. Pump track. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you do learn how to like pump, it. and I'll notice like the next day if I go ride a regular bike on regular trails, I'm more like I'm gaining more, more speed. fluid. Yeah, and even like same with dirt jumping, just like not using your brakes and like kind of learning how to pump. And yeah. I think those skills are useful and they're like, they're fun. Cause you can, you can ride your regular bike and then go to pump track for a half hour and that's all you need. I find that yeah. skiing helps me mountain biking quite a bit. For sure. Yeah. Um, just like, I know, I think with skiing, you kind of roll between, you know, say if you're turning right, you roll your right little toe and you, then you go onto your left big toe. And then obviously you go between the edges mm-hmm. and there's something about that, but not, it's funny, not necessarily my feet, but with relation to my hands, Hmm. we're mountain biking like it's just the application of weight from side to side um you can see it. yeah feels feels really good i always I always go out a better corner after a bit of skiing yeah and i think i mean it's there's a like a direct translation there like people if someone's a good skier and they've never mountain biked more than likely they'll become they'll a be good okay. mountain biker really quickly like it's similar like line choice you're looking ahead your hands should be in front of you when you're skiing like they would be on a bike that's yeah i think there's a good mm-hmm. crossover there and so dario yes henry do you, we talk about like hedonism, how you, <laughs> how <laughs> hedonism is probably big, too grand of a word for what I'm about to level this at. Are you satisfied with how you ride on bikes now? What, where, where do you want to get? I have to? so much fun. I have a lot of fun too. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm like, I don't really care much about racing. Uh, it's fun on rare occasion, but like I, my great joy is like riding my bike every day and like, it's wonderful for me physically and mentally it's just like a nice thing to do i've like built my life around it you ever played counter-strike though i have not dude i can't say i play a lot of counter-strike it's like mountain biking but you do it at home true it's great from the comfort of your office chair (laughs) um yeah we're sat next to henry's counter-strike setup at the pink bike (laughs) office right now um no i think i i think the the pursuit of improvement is part of what makes it compelling to do every day so like for sure there are things i want to improve obviously like there are features i want to hit that i haven't yet there are like trails i want to perfect or like ride really nicely that i haven't you know it's like the like hard to describe sensation too of like nailing it okay well let's kind of go a bit more you know narrow the sights a little bit because guys a lot of people at home will be listening to this thinking these guys review bikes for a living of course they should be pretty bloody good how do you compare the idea of being a good tester is that the same interchangeable with being a good bike rider i mean i think you need a solid base level of skills like ideally i think expert level rider is is where you should be at just because expert level sounds lame what you know what i mean yeah i know but like capable of getting down yeah almost anything anything. within reason and And just and not fluking i think is important yeah, like if you could, if you went to a ski area, a bike park, you should be able to get down all the black diamond trails. Basically, ride every every line at the bike park except for like a pro level line. I'd say okay. is a good base. Like you could be an intermediate and be totally fine as a as a bike reviewer. I just think you need to be like aware of what you're like aware of how you're approaching the review. So I think there is totally merit in like a more intermediate rider being able to review something. But I think 
just in general, it makes your life and job easier if you are a more, you know, more advanced rider. But I don't think you need to be a pro rider either. Like you don't need to be Greg Menard to be able to review a bike. And if anything, Menard might not be a great bike reviewer because he's so tuned in on his own bike and like so focused on like the tiny intricacies that he might be, what he's getting out of a bike is a lot different than what your general more average rider is going to get out of it. So I think there's like a balance that yeah. a balance to be found there of being able to like distill what you're finding when you ride a bike into something that makes sense for most riders. Um, and also being able to actually not be so focused on like the trail ahead and able to kind of like suss out what the bike is doing. Yeah. I think that's what the bike skills help. Cause if you were, if, if you're bumbling down a trail, right. you're not going to be noticing what the bike is doing. I was at a press camp recently and talking to a professional rider that works for that company and he, you know, he's ridden the same exact bike every year for the past three and was like in awe of the idea that anyone could ride more than one bike at a given time. I think that like that is a developed skill. Like it's not unique to us necessarily, but like having done it a bunch of times, you get better at like adapting to a bike. Like what we did today, riding each other's bikes, like we rode pretty technical trails on bikes that are not set up for us that we've never ridden before. And it was fine. Yeah. I mean, I think it's totally right. I think what's interesting is when people think about how you test bikes or I always, I always use the example of, um, I think wheels is often quite a good example. People say, Oh, but you can't feel that. But when you actually do back to back stuff, it's a, it's amazing. If you can ride in a consistent manner with the same inputs. Yeah. Oftentimes things do actually feel noticeably markedly different. Like the things made of a different material or the different spoke count or whatever. Mm -hmm. It tends to, to feel different. Similarly with, um, well, with so many elements, but people think like, oh, but what does this small geometry change actually mean? Or what does, you know, these bikes, two bikes are basically the same and you actually go out and you ride them. And if anyone had the opportunity to ride them back to back and they knew, you know, knew they were around a bike, I think they'd probably come to a similar, like, oh my God, they're very different. Yeah, exactly. That's even what, where, you know, when people are asking us how they should, what bike they should buy. And like I always say, just if you can test both of them, that's the way you should do it. Or go to these kind of like demo events where you can try a bunch of bikes. Like if I was going to be a consumer buying one, you'd want to try it first. I mean, yeah. luckily there's not a lot of super bad bikes on the market. So if you, whatever you get, probably be fine. But yeah, that back to back on the same trail, same day, ideally yeah. is the way to do it. It's the way to do it. I mean, that was kind of how I like developed a breath. Cause like kind of like jumped into this sort of work cold calling almost in a way like I worked as a mechanic for a long time got to ride a bunch of bikes because of that but then just like went out of my way to ride as many different bikes as I could in my life generally and then was like okay I think I can tell the difference between these things have a decent sense for that and like having that breadth of like a bunch of different things is useful for sure and um let's go for one more ad break there we're gonna give it two just just be back in five seconds hold tight all right, we're back, and we realized we didn't really dig into Henry and why he sucks. Why I suck. <laughs> why, Henry, why do you suck? Or what do you suck? You don't suck, but like, what aspect of your riding do you wish was better, or do you want to improve? I think I wish I was better at, I, I don't enjoy riding man-made trails, so I, I don't ride them at all. And then I'm, I suck you at You mean berms. man-made, like machine-built? Like, yeah, like berm trails, etc. Okay. And so then I never ride berms, and then I wonder why I suck at them, and then I don't ever ride them, which makes me worse. And it's like this feedback loop of not enjoying it. Mm -hmm. This um, summer, there's this trail I'm going to show you. No one's ever heard of it. It's like kind of off the beaten path. Yeah. It's called A-Line. Yeah. Really rarely mentioned at all, but I think we'll go take some laps. And I yeah. think you're- I'm in a similar position where A-Line is not my favorite trail at the Whistler Bike Park. And I know that that's like well, it not have, a corrective. opinion. What about Dirt Merchant? Also not. Uh, we'll work on this. So this, I, this I, they're both goal. really fun. But like if I had my druthers, I would just ride like Schleyer all day. 
Well, you do half. We can split it up. True. Yeah. That's yeah. the right way. But, but Henry's still never been a Whistler. So we're going to fix this. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's the first step. <laughs> yeah. We're going to start <laughs> that's with That's why this. you suck. This is how to not suck. Yeah. How to not suck. Just go to the bike park a bunch and it does help a lot. Yeah, I'm like, sure. I mean, it's, it's also like I, yeah, for like, it's funny because I think if you saw me ride like um, a more natural trail. I have. With, you're very with, fast. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Very sweet, yeah. Dario. You're, I mean it. You're like, back on the Christmas card list after hey, all that yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> cakes in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, if it's, like, a natural trail, like, I think you'd be like, oh, that guy's actually all right. But if you're someone like, a big berm trail, you'd be like, wow, it's great they're letting beginners on this. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> well, we did. We, yeah, we rode that, like, Rudy Raw thing into Sudo. So I got the full spectrum. Oh, yes, yes, you did, yeah. The full I think you're selling yourself short. Well, yeah, I mean, also... Obviously, I, you're, like... Very technically proficient rider. Wow, well, that's fair. I mean, I, I, I mean, just, we all ha- we have to be. I think, yeah, at least to some degree. So I'm think, telling myself. But I think I think you do. But also, I think that especially in living in this like in this internet world and things going out on the internet. Right. I think we spoke about it before, but imposter syndrome it keeps you from becoming an ass. Oh, and so yeah. I think it's really. I I always find like I really I like give myself. I don't know how to put this. Like giving my comfort a huge amount of like room by just being like yeah I'm dog shit and being really comfortable with that because then if, if I'm yeah. be better to myself then it's just yeah. for me and if, that helps if me someone well. thinks I'm a piece of shit and that's fine I don't I don't give a fuck yeah. so I don't self-deprecate to the level you do I like to have I think maybe I'm not cockier but like but, this but I think is, it's important though it's to a also British be, American thing as well though. yeah yeah See, but I'm also, an American and I also think that I'm dog shit but <laughs> I don't want to think I don't want to think I'm dog shit but I also know where my place is in the pecking order which is important too like yes. I don't think oh I'm out God. there like Mr. Pro gonna just win every race and all that so like eventually kind of like sorts out so i know where yeah, i stack just, up like, I amongst my group of friends that i ride with all the time i'm like mid-pack yeah but i also think that like i have a particularly talented group right of like we all so. live in a place where it tends to be like your average riders are a really high level i don't know if you can remember this cast but when um when i did my interview at pink bike you guys said oh how would you get on riding ews whistler mm. and i said joking i said oh, i think anywhere in the top 10 i'd be happy with and there's this moment where you and Brian were like, what? And I was like, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, see, that was like, yeah, I got to do that with Kaz. So you were like observing yeah. me, I suppose. <laughs> I was like, oh, you rode the same event together? Yeah, yeah we yeah. did. Oh, wow. Yeah, it went great. I only crashed three times. Oh, perfect. perfect. In my defense, I ran, I put a new fork and shock on my bike the morning of the race. Yeah. Oh, that's a good strategy. That, I think that's what a lot of the pros do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you want to go the blind, race. no adjustment, uh-huh. wrong spring rate. Never won a chamois before. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think um, I think for me, I'm quite comfortable. Like, wheels on the ground, like, it can be lots of trail noise. Like, it can be banging compressions. It can be, like, drops, heavy braking, yada, yada, yada. And I find, I find it so present that I find that I can do it. I find that there's big parts of my brain which just turn off when it's too easy, which means that I ride it worse, which then gets sketchier. Mm. But actually, like, the right amount of danger keeps me really centered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I feel yeah. like I'm just, like, there doing it. You know, it's I mean, not you, going you, to any filter. You, like, never crash on the things you're, like, hyper-focused and yeah. worried about. Yeah. Or you rarely do. It's like you, you crash when you're, like, tootling down. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. And the front washes because you're thinking about, you know, yeah, exactly. did you leave the washing machine on? Yeah, yeah right. you just zone out, yeah. Well, see, it's not at the bike park. There's like small children in the landings and that gives you that element of danger. Like you Perfect. come over and you look down, you're like, oh, I have to figure something out. So you'll have that <laughs> going for you. travel for a reason. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm really, last year in France, I just loved riding downhill so much. I, I, I really, I, I love pedaling. And Kaz, we've argued about this before because I love riding downhill bikes. I know you love riding downhill bikes, yeah. but I won't ride a 160 mil bike in the bike park. 
I'm oh yeah, but you still like, haven't been to Whistler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, yeah, but I, yeah, was no, here for, I was here for some, and I was like, I haven't got yeah. a downhill bike. I'm no, not downhill going. bikes are great, <laughs> except if you're that one guy that built a, a trail that named it after us because he doesn't like us because he thinks we hate downhill bikes. I'm not even gonna say his name. Wait, I don't even know. Him. It's like a weird thing. I don't understand. But I, we motivated him to build a downhill trail, yeah. which is sweet. Yeah, like totally. I'm all for it. So if you want to get angry at us and build downhill trails, everybody do it's that. It's just please. a logistics mm-hmm. problem for me. I'm yeah. like, like I can pedal up to all these amazing trails in town. Exactly, and our bikes and are the it same. It would take me hours to push a downhill bike up there. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not pushing, but like if I'm going to a bike park. Yeah. Oh yeah, a downhill I just bike love a downhill bike just pads and purrs through the stuff and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I'm to excited be. to ride downhill bikes this summer. Like and I do think that will be like another skill building thing. Like mm-hmm. riding fast on a really squishy bike probably makes you yeah. better at riding yeah. little bikes. Well yeah. yeah, I mean even like you hop on a V ten or something and you feel like, oh I understand where the speed comes from for like race for downhill racing. It like gives you that extra like a little oomph. bit of confidence. It just feels so nice. What what start, style of bike do you guys think you're fastest on like comparative to, to your peers? Like, because there's some people that rip a downhill bike, maybe not so much on a, on a short travel thing. Like for me, I think the longer Fully the travel, rigid, single speed. I'm faster. Like I think I, I'm probably fastest on a really long travel enduro bike or even a downhill bike. Cause I think I'm kind of like a, I've got like a heels down eyes up style. Oh yeah, which doesn't really like. I'm not, I'm not very good at like picking the bike up. I'm really good at pushing the bike down. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for me it kind of depends where I'm at in the terrain. But I would say like, like a 120 trail bike, I can be pretty quick. Kind of like or, like my local trails. That's where I feel like that's where more speed is. You know, like I feel like the the downhill bikes or the enduro bikes are kind of equalizers in a way. Yeah, we have all that travel. Well, I love them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like yeah, so it's. Um, but yeah, I think I can be I can be medium quick on a trail bike. Because Levy is bloody quick on those short travel bikes. Yeah, he wiggles like, a lot. It gets me scared, but he goes fast. He goes real quick. Like yeah. he, he looks pretty wiggly. I haven't yeah. really ridden with Levy yet. Old snake yeah. hips, they call him around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dario, how about you? Uh, I, my answer remains fully rigid single speed. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I... That'd be good. We could, a, we could add that to the beer race thing. We can get single... The, the beer dash. The beer dash. The beer rash. Yeah. We can so gonna, yeah. fully rigid single speed riding race. I think if we could do, like... Rigid bike down technical trail. Yeah. I might have a shot at Matt. There's mm-hmm. that guy from NSMB, Andrew Major. Andrew Major that he's he's a been a strong proponent rigid of bike. rigid forks lately, which I strongly disagree with, but I respect him for riding the fully rigid fork. And it would be fun to go do like a shore day on rigid bike. It's fun. I think I think partially like people's opinion on that is skewed. This is a tangent, but like no, running, running a rigid bike with like heavy tires and inserts is a different game. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Because you're simulating suspension. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like, maybe that's the no, next I step think as my I answer, pump up my forks is just to go fully rigid. Yeah. yeah. I've ridden hardtails a lot mm-hmm. and like really enjoy trying to go fast on a hardtail. I think it's dumb and I think it's a great way to like hurt your ankles but it's fun to try to like keep up with friends who are on full suspensions on a hardtail but I think my answer to your question is more like mid-travel, mid-travel. up-down kind of bike. Like 140, 150. Because I've got a great, I've got a um, like a long term loan on a Yeti this year, Yeti 140. Great mm-hmm. bike, love it dearly. We've spoken about how I'm wrong about everything in regards to geometry, <laughs> but sadly, this bike's got a 34 tooth, which basically makes it unrideable. It's crazy. Unrideable. I don't understand. It's Henry like, is a strong, the perfect number. It's impossible to ride. The back it's, one has 51 teeth. That's that's yeah, so 52. Many. It, it goes downhill. Oh, 52. Yeah. yeah, it does go downhill. Sorry. If you're worried. You can roll yeah. it places, but you can't pedal up things. I don't understand. <laughs> how did you? How did you exist? Like ten years ago, we were riding like thirty-four cassettes with. I would have like a thirty-two, thirty-six when they're like you know the Z ten speed whatever. Yeah. And then um, I remember that. You first, probably pedaled up stuff, didn't you? I fuck yeah. 
but then it didn't get any steeper so what happened i don't know but i just love spinning i love spinning i hate because you also know that i have my saddle height so my very low very low for my hip and i just don't like doing high power movements through that yeah i just want to do like really light fast spins but yeah we we were joking aside but basically this bike's got a 34 tooth do you ever stand up when you're climbing never oh yeah i love standing up like that's oh that's good i hate it um but yeah like i just i've just you know why do i suck Be- do you know why i suck because <laughs> you're a 34 tooth chain because i've got a 34 <laughs> tooth chain and also i've got Hold a back. i've got a um <clears throat> a real keenness there are certain things i think you and i are quite similar in this regard Kaz, which i'm not sure is, i'm not sure is necessarily a compliment for either of us but um i think sometimes we're like we have our i think we're both got a healthy amount of cynicism but sometimes when something goes past that well like, that's that's fucking bullshit <laughs> and i think sometimes like i notice that you tend to fall in that's a nonsense but it's okay and i tend to be like that's a nonsense and i'm not giving it any thought yeah, you know yeah i don't know what the name for that is i feel like there's a term for whatever things we cool have dude. <laughs> yeah we're cool dudes i don't, <laughs> think, cool that, dude I don't think that's our syndrome <laughs> i'll go with that though but like once like if it's a 34 i'm just like that ain't me baby you've got other bikes to ride because okay. we got a lot of test bikes which i'll be very sure. lucky and if it was actually my bike i would just swap it out um, Fair enough. Yeah, I think I'm still in the like rosy, tinted everything phase where I'm like pretty keen to ride. But you are stuff. quite a happy, chappy, nice person. I think you're happy, chappy. That's me in the, <laughs> in the hierarchy of niceness. You've gone quite <laughs> in at the high end. You're quite nice, Kaz. I think I'm quite yeah. friendly, but I'm not actually that nice. I'm quite grumpy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm, you know, I think I'm like honest in all the good things, but I'm just a bit like. Eh. I just listen to a lot of like angry music to process any of the the grump that would be within me yeah yeah and then i ride alone and like fume yeah yeah that helps a lot but do you know sorry to go on i love the fact that levy is very very nice and he's listened to all this blink 182 and he's trying to get this like ah thing but he's just like he's just such a sweetheart and he can't at, at, at his core he's just a, a nice person <laughs> cool. yeah he likes nice that, that canadian band that kind of stinks uh the one that everybody loves not nickelback i was but gonna the, say nickelback no the, um, it's the other com- one no, tragically hip yeah I know, I know. I'm, them, I've heard I'm not a fan. I mean, the Canadians love it. I think when you're born, you have to love Canadian music. It's a law, I'm pretty oh, sure. But what, I'm not a tragic What genre fan. is that? It's like Hootie and the Blowfish of Canada. Oh, like, okay. And some some Canadian is so mad right now, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's probably your friend in Nelson. Yeah, oh, yeah that guy. Just like, yeah. Ah, I'm going to build another trail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know where you're going on that. Just Canadian music that's no, just, not amazing. Just, just the niceness awards. Well, Maybe Dion. that's what we should do. Yeah. We should have the we should have like the hierarchy of niceness and actually talk about it. Yeah. And fill I mean, it's hard in, to quanti- you know? like just how it's hard to quantify. Like uh, Sarah Moore's bloody nice. She's the nicest. She's very nice. Yeah, she's a nice nice. person at Pink Bike. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think I'm 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 middling to lower, but I think we're yeah. quite good fun, which helps. Yeah, I go my I'm pretty in the middle because I'm pretty neutral and I keep all my feelings buried deep inside. Oh, you do. That's a good tactic. Yeah, but like in real life, I'm pretty nice and friendly. But even then, I'm like, it's just in my head. Like, it's a lot busier in my head than what I'm expressing on my oh, face and in my mm-hmm. voice. See, I'm as thick as shit up here, but I express a lot. Oh, yeah. Mine's all just inside. Like, it's like the <laughs> circus in there. But outside, so, I'm just kind of like, this calm. Is, this is why um, we suck as humans. <laughs> <laughs> or why we are human. I, I feel think. like I, I try to express my feelings. You're very expressive, but you're a very nice young man. I've <laughs> <laughs> This is turning into a therapy session. <laughs> no, I'm not worried about that. The first time I met you, you was you and your dad. That's and true. I, I mean, that wasn't like by you intent. You raised a very nice young man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Thanks. And you're only like, what, like a couple of years younger than me? <laughs> I'm 26. Oh, you've got five years on me. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, sweet. 
But yeah, then I like go to like I get it out. You just gotta get out. You gotta find a, a vent. Go to like more mosh pits. I think that's your. Yeah, yeah. that's important. Loud music is definitely the solution. To like the I spent problems. Saturday getting bodied, and then felt like cheery as hell hell on well, Sunday. I sent Kaz a frenzied message of excitement. There's an app called Bands in Town. Oh yeah, I use it all the time. Yeah, and it said um, idols are coming to Richmond. Whoa, really? That when? Band. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. like. Wait, wait, actually, because, though, really when? Yeah, I said they went re- Richmond somewhere in America. Yeah, it's Richmond, oh, Virginia. 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 I, yeah. I, I know. Oh, I was there just like, what? Ah, yeah. ah. And then Kaz was like, yeah, I'm not They came going. to Seattle uh, like six months ago and I missed it. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, like, Henry um, messaged me. I was like, oh, that'd be sweet. And then I looked and I was like, uh, Virginia's kind of far to go, Henry. But like, <laughs> oh, we, that's, <laughs> that's, maybe that's we should, frustrating. we do the next field test around like the Idols tour dates. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, I would love that. Oh, I love them so much. So good. Do you know? Me and Kaz are talking about so a bit of a tangent. We talk about music and Canadians' taste, which is mm-hmm. maybe good or bad. Um, Proto Mata. Oh yeah, they're coming to Seattle in oh, yeah. a week. Yeah, I'm no gonna go see them. Actually, I have tickets. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. I think they're still, they're still. Yeah, it's not sold out. Oh, no, no, no. Fuck yeah. 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 yeah well, it's, actually, like a, it's like the th- it's the week after we're doing the stuff up here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my that's my absolute job. Welcome back to. Uh, concert talk at <laughs> the Pink Pie Podcast. Yeah. I saw the Death Grips on Saturday. I don't know if you're a Death Grips fan, but... Uh, the the, Bren, the Brendan Faircloth. No, no, it's a better God, version. No, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> no, they're like an experimental uh, noise rap Ooh. slash mm. maybe like hardcore mm. That band. to me sounds like Asian fusion Yorkshire pudding, you know what no, I mean? No, no, no. It's, like, it's, it's, like it's like a... Imagine a man yelling over the sound of a car alarm. Oh. Uh, you might like it. If you, it, it. It's along the same lines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we should start. Maybe in these podcasts, we'll like in the description, we'll put some things that people should listen to, like a recommended there, listening list. Yeah, because yeah. all of us listen to pretty diverse music, and we have I like sharing what we're listening to. Yeah, I mean, I, Uncle Dave does that. Yeah, at, at, at the at the boys down at the at the Nova Scotia. Mountain oh Park. yeah, my latest band that I just started listening to this week um, via KEXP because they always have great bands in there, but they're called Pigs, 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 oh. Pigs, Pigs. I never Dude, heard yeah. them before. Is that uh, the music from Adam Brayton's? Yeah. That, that, is that? Is. Ultimate Hammer is the song that was in Adam Brayton's oh, really? new okay. thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah Pigs, 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 Pigs is great. They just did a live show and it's so good. Like, the, yeah. There's this yeah. band, the band that got me into Proto Mata was um, a band called D, like Dead, D-E-H-D. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, I like them. Oh, you man. You know song Lucky by them? Oh, man. Alone on the Proto Mata remix. Oh, my God. It yeah. is. I've listened to that song oh, wow. so many, so many, so many times. And she's got such an amazing voice. Yeah, And truly. you can just tell that there's just so much... Um, there's so much in it. Mm-hmm. I think there's some stuff which is like, you know, it's like anything. I think there's some stuff that's like a really good technical execution. Then there's some stuff which is a, such a good romantic expression. Then there's the really good stuff which is a mixture of both. Yeah. And I think they're getting into that territory. Yeah. Really, really special. Really, really special. Um, wow, we've got off a tangent, but it's really nice to talk about some stuff. Like, yeah. I mm-hmm. think re- I think the recommended listening thing would be great. I think especially if we, because often, it depends how organized we are. Sometimes we do these podcasts um, like, you know, this one it will go out tomorrow maybe or, or whatever and then there's sometimes that we actually kind of stack them up a bit and it'd be super cool to be like in the article for the review that we're going to talk about not the review but the podcast that we know we've already covered is coming next week we could say we're going to talk about this music and listen yeah. to it um i'm sure no one would care but it'd be fun for us yeah we'll figure out a way to just kind of like yeah share what we're doing besides bikes because our favorite other, tragically we, hip song yeah coming soon <laughs> 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 well that'd be cool um yeah pro Marta in seattle then yeah it'll be great sweet i'll fire up the uh the stealth camper there we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i um i lost my driver's license in taiwan and then Still i lost no my dice. wallet in california 
<laughs> that's hard. <laughs> Border crossing might be hard. I think they're playing Vancouver too, so you could probably go see them there. Yeah, I bet so. Yeah, oh, true. I think they're playing at the rickshaw, but I'm not positive on that. Cool. I'm not like a live music person. Not that I don't. Know, I just never that. That's the way that does lend into it. I think I'm too. Uh, I'm really comfortable talking, as you probably gathered, because I haven't shut the fuck up in these last couple of years. <laughs> been working together, but um, I don't know. Like, it's something. I don't know. I think you I just have trouble listening. It. I have listening. trouble listening. I have trouble, I like active listening. I think that I've only actually really begun. I thought I loved music before. I've actually only really begun to enjoy music in the probably last okay. couple of years. Is it because I think this this is a sensation a lot of people have with live music is like you've idealized like this recording of a song. Like you love this copy of song X and then you go see it live and it's played quite differently. I don't think and it's it like doesn't match your expectation. That, I think that I think that I'm someone that I get very focused on things and I'm not very good at coping with distraction whilst I'm being focused on something. And so alive, to, I'd have to com- completely immerse myself or just try and appreciate it from the sidelines. But like, uh, I don't know, I'm not someone that can like talk during a film. I just like get sent to overload. I'm just oh, like, one either. thing at a time. Yeah. You know? I mean, um, I think that's, what I, in a lot of cases, that's like the beauty of a live show is like you can either sit on the edge and like observe, watch people play enjoy the like talent of it all or you can like be in the pit and just like immersed in this fray while the music is playing what's the best live band you've ever seen or best night you've ever had maybe while seeing live music uh i don't know if i have like a one answer i really like this band called the ocs Mm -hmm. uh they're also also coming to vancouver soon they are i i'm trying to see all three seattle shows (laughs) um but they i got to see them in seattle a couple of years ago and it was just like exactly what I wanted it to be. Mm. That said, like I've been, I lived like close enough to Los Angeles for a while that I could like go to shows there frequently and saw a lot of people I like. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cause yeah, I've seen same thing. Like I grew up like high school. We go to hardcore shows all the time. Like I lived in a good town for that or nearby. Like, so all kinds of fun shows when I was a kid, but like this band called Monotonics that I saw maybe 10 years ago now, hmm. Israeli punk band. And it was the wildest show I've ever seen. Whoa. They started passing their drum kit out into the audience. And so you'd be holding, like you're holding a snare in your hand. And then the guy was still sitting in his chair and his drum stool. Oh my God. And so the whole band got passed <laughs> over the crowd no as they were still drumming. They got behind the bar. Oh. They took the, um, the spritzer, like the sprayer, the seltzer water sprayer, sprayed the whole crowd down, took the garbage can, dumped it over the crowd. And this the whole time as they're getting their whole set of, of musical instruments passed towards the front of the venue. And soon they're outside the venue. They climb like the marquee board. They're swinging from that, still playing this whole time. Wow. It was the most intense, like wow. wildest live that shot. That core strength must be amazing. It was insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like imagine sitting in your drum stool, still drumming, like hitting the beat as you're yeah, getting passed cr- by yeah, a crowd. Getting, like, jostled around. It was nuts. Wow. So that show, I think, ranks up there as one of the best like live performances, just as far as like spectacle. Yes, goes. That's cool. Yeah. So cool. What about you? I saw. It's kind of. I love early Muse. I mm. don't like anything from like 2008 onwards. After, after, um, you know, Origin of Symmetry was really like the kind of beginning of the decline for me like amazing album but since then and I saw them years ago and I thought as a teenager and I was like holy shit for me that was like the first live band that I saw that really just knocked my socks off like completely well, they have, like big sounding music too so it'd be like even more but they used impressive. to be so good like Hullabaloo um, Showbiz like really yeah. just fantastic fantastic albums with such a sound and they as soon as they got to be millionaires they just started talking about like fat cats taking power back it's like yeah you're the fucking man now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 like, like dude there's a great story of um 
I don't really like. I think Lana Del Rey's actually done some okay pop stuff. And oh, she's got a great voice. She's, she's got really a great, a great feel to it. Eh? And there's a story about how she was um, once at dinner, at like some showbiz dinner, and um, Moby, who's also actually done some great stuff, but is a bit, was telling her on the fifth, the fifth floor of his house, it's all white with nothing <laughs> in there, but just a piano and a seat, and that's mm. all she needs. That's all he needs. Oh. And she said, wow, you're the man. And he was like, thanks. And she was like, no, like the person we should be sticking it to. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, no, like the machine yeah. that should be yeah. destroyed. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. fight against. <laughs> I, I like, like, I think Play, like one of Moby's early albums is like amazing. Amazing. Like I really love listening to that. I do think that Moby has turned into like a bit of a boner. <laughs> like, a little strange. His, that yeah. album Play has got so many great songs, but also I think that it's in the style that is... Mm, I think it's easy to imitate. True, but he was kind of like he was wet. Like when it came out, very good. But now it's actually yeah. like now it feels like a lot like other things. True, and it's and also I think he did the thing where he advertised like just sold everything off advertising, yeah. and so it felt like it became what would be, what would be the word like commercialized, commercialized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But some yeah, of his other stuff is really really heavy, really good. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is this has been nice. Been great. Yeah. I'm I don't really know if, anyone's, if anyone's still listening, I hope you're enjoying this. Yeah, we, we really like talking music. You should have taken notes. Write some stuff down. Let we us just, know what yeah. you're listening. We did to. start with bike talk though. So we did start, and now yeah. we are just really pumping up each other's tires. But like, oh, you've heard of that too? <laughs> yeah. I love <laughs> talking about this obscure band you've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I don't know. I hope that people who read Pink Pike and listen to the podcast also love music. Like it's yeah. One of the coolest things humans do. Yeah, we can have book talk next time too. I don't read books. Is that going to be a problem? It might be. I'll give you some recommended reading. I actually don't know how to read. I just dictate all my <laughs> articles. Yeah. No, I love, I, I love a good book. <laughs> I, run, I, I run the issue of book distraction though, where like I'm working on a book and then I hear about another one and then I start reading that and now I'm like eight deep. Wow. Shit, you're like me with test bikes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're all like various stages of disarray. Stacked yeah. up. Yeah. All yeah. with 34 tooth chains. Unrideable. Unrideable. I was, um, last year when I was doing a lot of driving, I drove back and forth across Europe and America so many different times for work, right? And I was like, I need something that's going to see me through this. And I thought, I don't want it to be too in depth. I want it to be like lighthearted listening that I can kind of jump in and out of. And if I miss a bit, I can come back in and it's fine. I thought, I was going to read this into all the Harry Potter. Oh, I know so many people who've done that. Yeah, it is not. They were not. They were not good as an adult. No, no. And I read them once as a kid, and I think that was enough, dude. That, that was yeah. enough. Let me tell you. Anyway, but the funny thing is that so I was listening to the Stephen Fry ones, and uh, he really goes heart and soul into these these voices, right? Is he doing like Ginny Weasley? Oh, like? of course it is Ginny Weasley. But he oh puts more God. in just his voice than that whole actress did in her whole bloody career. <laughs> <laughs> Harry, like it's like. Yeah, oh sorry, I'm I'm gonna get upset here. Those films <laughs> are fucking awful and I hope I hope they look back and regret them because they are abysmal. Anyway. And um basically you realise some of the shortcomings of maybe um and obviously I say this as someone that writes shit bike reviews and funny little memes on I the internet. So by all means don't JK Rowling if you're listening, like I, I admit that you're a superior writer to me, don't get me wrong. But in the fifth book, and some spoilers in here someone dies <laughs> how do we get on Harry Potter okay, keep and, going. Um, <laughs> and all Harry does for the last like fifth of the book is shouts and so it'd be like no Wait, who shouts dies? Harry and then it'd be like why shouted Harry and it's like please just use any other word <laughs> everything was Stephen Fry shout, fucking shout, shout. billowing yeah. down my ear and it was all just like yeah. oh my god huh. it was like it was awful fucking awful sorry language no oh, my language is that. awful 
but it was really frustrating. And I had to turn it off because, like, this emotionally inarticulate teenager boy, I was getting the absolute <laughs> worst. Yeah, I know you. <laughs> huh. uh, well, yeah. But yeah. We'll work on both. I'll be on the record saying Lord of the Rings is vastly superior to Lord Harry of the Potter. Rings is vastly superior. If this is a debate. Both in canon and everything. Yeah, it's a more beautiful just, world. <laughs> Tolkien wrote so poetry, he made you, art. Did he, you s- he invented languages for Lord of the Rings. But did you watch the Amazon series? No, I have not. The Rings about awful. awful uh, yeah, I, awful, I'd heard that, awful, and I'm, I'm kind of like, awful. I didn't like the Hobbit movies. Hobbit movies are awful. Like because yeah. they just what they all the things that were charming about them films, they were just they cash tried to cash in on them a bit. Oh, right, God, awful. But what was charming about them was that they were like fleeting moments in this otherwise like interesting and various tale. Yes. Yeah. The the water barrel scene in The Hobbit. Oh, what were they thinking? It's like a Disney ride. I, I hated it. I hated yeah. it. I was there yeah. just, just, you know what the sad thing oh. is? I talk about emotionally articulate Harry Potter. I was there watching that seething. Yeah, same. Seething. Like, yeah. How could I they saw the first one this? in theaters. Bomber, and like, you can get off, mate. Ugh. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Unbelievable. Offensive. Off- offen- offensive. Truly, yeah. Offensive I mean, because The Hobbit is a beautiful book. <laughs> yes. And they turned it into three awful movies. But do you know what the thing that annoyed me about the... The Hobbit is, is definitely lighter, more whimsical, like in tone. Like we were like a real like Lord of the Rings family, just in case you thought if anyone was holding on to the fact that I was cool, let me correct you. <laughs> let let us correct not. you on that. <laughs> yeah. None of us are very cool. <laughs> us, I don't know, you're pretty cool. I've noticed. Well, nice man that's cool. I've seen him. <laughs> you were wearing I mean, we're talking a, about the same What were you stuff. wearing? You were wearing like um Right now I'm wearing uh some no, Callaway golf on. pants. I know basically I know deep down that you're wearing a talking heads t shirt, but I wanna say something like you're wearing a flock of seagulls t shirt, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, yeah, on the music podcast right now, yeah, I was yeah, wearing a talking sure, heads t shirt all day. Yeah, good on you. Right. Uh, David Byrne, famous cyclist. Famous cyclist. Yeah. Right. I think we honestly, should probably guys, wrap I, this up. We I got three solid topics. Why we suck, I, yeah. obscure music I think, and you know what this a has been? brief Lord of the Rings discussion. This has been a self-fulfilling prophecy. We've said why we suck. We've lacked our self-awareness to explain that it's loving the sound of our own voices, and then we've spoken for another hour about <laughs> things we don't care about, just to prove the evidence. No, we're just chatting. We're just chatting, just chatting, just friendly deluded. But yeah, that's it for the Pink Bike Podcast this week. Kaz, if he can be bothered, put some song suggestions down in the article, um, but I won't hold you to it. And um, thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye.